Walsh has got it, swinging around. Gee, the tackle was a little high. Collingwood win by four. McComb not quite. Gorn hopeful. Now Jamari Ugalhagen kicks it long. It's got a lot of carry. That's something extraordinary. It's a high five from Jamari Glory. It's coming back. Hey guys and welcome to the 25th edition of the In The Sand Show. Today we're going to have a look at my AFL round uh, round 13 reviews and predictions. So let's get into the news. To kick us off for round 13, it was St Kilda playing Sydney. This is up in Sydney and it was a Thursday night game. And it's great to have Thursday night footy back. It's always wonderful and it's always a great match. And this was a great match up this week and... Sydney were favourites. I tipped St Kilda. I thought the Saints were due for a win and I think they deserved a win and they haven't played the best footy so far um, in those losses coming uh, past few weeks, but they played spoilers to Buddy Franklin's milestone night, recording a controversial yet crucial 14-point win to solidify their spot in the top eight. Recording their first win at the SCG since 2009, the Saints came back from behind on multiple occasions in the second half thanks to a pair of contentious 50-metre penalties at the start of the final quarter to wrestle back a slender lead at the start of the final quarter on a low-scoring night. Holding on to the win 80-66, the game serves as a double celebration for Buddy Franklin who not only celebrated his 350th game, he kicked the goal to move into the fourth place outright of all-time leading scorers um, in AFL history, and I think this game was a pretty up and down game, it was end to end a lot, and St Kilda didn't play their best footy, it was a really scrappy game when they got into their forward 50, they couldn't really um, look up, set their eyes on goals and kick it, they just fumbled the ball around a lot, and I think it cost them, and I think they would have won by so much more if they just relaxed and looked up and saw that they had so much space and kicked the goal, Cooper Sharman came on for the Saints, and he proved really pivotal, kicking a key goal, um, taking big marks. And I think goal kicking hasn't been the best from St Kilda so far this year, but uh, it's looking better. But the one controversial part of this week was Dan Butler's um, tackle. And it's been called to the MRO and he's been offered a one-match ban for a tackle that's been in the back and just slammed the player. Hasn't been, like, it wasn't that bad of a tackle, I think, the, the game, the way they're penalising plays has been really soft at the moment. We've seen Jordan DeGoe, he's not really, that's not soft, but um, he's uh, injured a player. But the Dan Butler one and a couple others for dangerous tackles, they've just been a bit ridiculous, I think. Uh, the the league needs to fix it up on the tackles and what is allowed and what's not allowed because I'm sure players don't know and um, they're probably scared that if they're going to tackle a player, they're going to cop a week for it as well. So, 
yeah, that's just something I wanted to touch on in this game. But it was a great game. St Kilda got the win and a much-needed win to solidify their top eight spot and uh, continue their season with a win uh, coming off a losing streak. But today, we're going to do a match review on the second game of the round last night. It was the Western Bulldogs hosting the Power at Marvel. In the first quarter, it ended Power 37 to the Doggies 29. A really high-scoring quarter with the first goal coming in like 20 seconds straight away to Charlie Dixon. He put it away back from a injury. And it was a 66-point quarter. Goals coming really abruptly in Dixon back in the side, kicking three in the first quarter, whilst the same was happening on the other side with Cody Waitman kicking three goals in the first as well. Been a really end-to-end quarter with inside 50s coming really quickly from both sides. Port struggled with clearances early on, but found their mojo, finding ways to hit Dixon and targets in the 50. Overall, a really even quarter with the Power taking the eight-point lead heading into the second. And a half-time, the Power kept their lead by four points. Both sides were inefficient in front of goals, missing key scoring opportunities. But for the Doggies, they coughed it up a couple times heading into the 50, costing scoring opportunities and the lead as well. So, yeah, not the, not the best from the Doggies in that one. But this quarter, so much skill areas. And I think it was due to the high intensity and the pressure both sides were putting on each other. It was a really high-pressure game. Both teams really needed the win and had to do anything they they could but and it ended up the game being really scrappy both both teams aren't able to hit easy targets and costing them on the scoreboard as well the matchup between Zachy Butters and Tommy Liberatore has been great both of them racking up touches and both really getting into each other a really exciting matchup and Butters was on 19 at halftime really showing the league his threat in that port midfield and how much he matters to that side because the past few weeks against Melbourne, against um, against the Doggies, he's proved to be really pivotal, and he's making those key those key touches in the middle, and then also kicking goals to help him out as well. But also matching up on him, Liberatore, he's been piling up the pressure. He's also been a major ball winner at halftime in the 18 touches. Another end to end quarter, and at halftime, you can see this game was going to be a thriller. Uh, only halfway in at three-quarter time, the power leading by 19 had a really dominant quarter. The repeat entries into the 50 from the power through the doggies' fumbling passages of play led to goals, and it was looking to cost them on the ground. A fair few skill errors from the dogs, and you could see a bit of miscommunication was definitely hurting them. Toddy Marshall was all over the ball, take crucial marks, and getting the power over the line at the moment. He's taking some. Real key marks in the 50. It was a bit more efficient in front of goals. I think uh, the margin would have been far more wider. And I think that's for the rest of the Port team as well in that third quarter. But the Doggies had to step it up if they wanted to come anywhere close to the power uh, in this in this quarter. The game ended with the power winning by 22 points. And they kept their win streak alive of 10 wins on the trot and 9 on the trot at Marvel. The Bulldogs got the margin down to eight points, but in the last quarter, they just ran away with it with key goals coming through San Pal Pepper and a cracker goal to kickstart the momentum with Jason Horn Francis absolutely running through the doggies' back line without any pressure at all. He just had to square up, kick a lovely drop punt a couple metres out, and uh, the Power were looking to play their best footy, and they're really dangerous at the moment with Zach Butters and Connor Rosie stepping up for the Power. They're just going to be a really top side, and I think this one, the top four, is going to going to be really solidified in the next couple of weeks. And 
they're going to be a danger to most sides. And losing to Collingwood, Premiership uh, contenders and probably the favourite for the Premiership at the moment, that's probably their only game where they didn't really step up. And also that game against uh, um, Brisbane at the start of the year, they uh, really pushed Brisbane, but um, they didn't get the, the success they probably really wanted. But that game against Collingwood, that was the one where they didn't really push the pies. They could not get the job done. They crumbled under pressure. And I think if they're going to be a top four side, they're going to need to beat teams like Collingwood at their home deck in the MCG. Because, uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really close this year. I think the power playing really good footy. And um, it was a great Friday night game between two top eight sides and some real key takeouts from both teams as well. The next game around 13 was the Brisbane Lions. They're taking on the Hawks at the MCG today. This is at the G, and I think this game's going to be a pretty one-sided game. I see the Lions taking it home by 40-plus points. Hawthorne are coming off the back of a real tough loss to Red Hot Port Adelaide after a fight back in the second half, after a really lackluster first half, just letting the power run all over them. And I think if they've got that power they've got that power up against um, Brisbane today, I think it's going to be going to be tough for the Lions. But up in Adelaide... I think they just didn't really didn't really put any pressure on the power. They just let them run through, and I think their heads dropped a lot. And it's not crucial for a team that uh, needs a win. And against a top top four side, putting pressure on a team like the power is just really crucial. I think they can have a sniff in this game if they keep that momentum that they had in the second half of last game. The whole the whole game, they can really put the pressure on. Lions, but I think the Lions, just their forward, their forward line, it's just so, so good. You've got Joey Danaher, Hipwood, Charlie Cameron, so many key players, and I think they're going to stand up today and uh, get a 40-plus point win. The next game of the day, it's Adelaide hosting the West Coast Eagles at Adelaide Oval. Again, I think this is another one-sided game, taking Adelaide by 40-plus points. I can't see the Eagles take on and beat such a powerful side like Adelaide, and especially at Adelaide Oval, they really test every side that comes there, including Collingwood, St Kilda, Brisbane, and especially that Collingwood game. They gave it to Collingwood. They didn't let them play any footy they like to play in. They beat beat some real good teams um, up there as well. Their side's gonna gonna go under the radar this year, and I think they're a real threat playing in Adelaide. And last week. They didn't get the job done up in Darwin against the Suns, but the Suns play absolutely outstanding footy up there and beat the Doggies as well up at TIO. West Coast have undergone a bit of controversy this week with the club social media weighing on the Jordan Degoe bump debate and some players like Dom Shade calling for months ban. But last week, they really got stuck into Collingwood in that third quarter. And as a Pies supporter, they got me really worried. When they have momentum, I think they play like any other top eight side. Their, their injuries and everything going wrong at the clubs flies out of their head and they just play some good footy. Players like Tim Kelly, Dom Sheed, Elliot Yo stepping up for them in that third quarter just proves how pivotal they are for the young side and how much they can really scare teams. And uh, I think they could definitely scare Adelaide early on, but if Adelaide run away with it late on, I think it could be a really big win for the Crows, but also today we see Ryan Marich debut for the Eagles. 
Marich looked like he was ready for AFL footy months ago, killing it in the Coates Talent League and for the Young Guns. I think he should have a really good game today and um, he'll get some bit of experience from this game. It's going to be an interesting one. I think the Crows will take the four points in the end. After the break, we're going to have a look at the rest of the AFL games this week. So thank you for listening to the In The Sand Show. I'll catch you after the break. Called TAD to remodel my place. Said I wanted it to be that kind of place. Knee deep in the reno, sinking in our fights. Other shonky builders waking me up at night. And Adam plays the boss man. He listens to the customer Don't you remember He built this kitchen He built this kitchen with T-A-D We built this kitchen We built this kitchen with T-A-D We built this kitchen We built this kitchen with T-A-D This is Come on, Freddy's Kitchen in Station Street for a coffee and something nice to eat. Yeah, the pizzas are great. In fact, all the food rates down at Freddy's Caram Station Street. Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now. Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now. It's a pizza. It's a mystic pizza. If you're down Caram Way, just call Mitchell Tall. Or in Patterson Lakes, just call Mitchell Tall. Anywhere Bayside, just call Mitchell Tall. Buy a summer house, just call Mitchell Tall. Mitchell Tall. Real estate. Oh yeah, little real estate. We want more. <laughs> Thank you. 
Hi, my name's Paul Kennedy, and I'm a sport reporter for the ABC, and when I'm not listening to the ABC, I listen to Radio Caram. Tune in and enjoy. Hey, everyone. We're Friday Night Frothies. What's it all about? It's about laughter and not taking yourself too seriously. Ah, it's about sports and current events. And we might even introduce you to some different beers. So tune in live Friday nights. Or listen to our podcast at radiocarum.org. You know you've got nothing better to do. Bang. Welcome back to the In The Stand show. And now we're going to have a look at the rest of the games this week. And tonight's game is Frio hosting Richmond at Optus. I think this game could go up for game of the round. Frio before the bye but coming off some great form on a four-game win streak, beating the likes of Melbourne at the G, Sydney, Hawthorne, and the reigning premiers, the Cats. But Richmond are going to have to work extremely hard to beat Freo up in Freo. They just got the job done against the Giants with a late mile and picket goal, giving Andrew McCalter his first win as head coach and some surely confidence for the Tigers I think this is going to be a close one and the Tigers are really going to push until the end. But the way Frio move the ball and play up at Optus is going to make it extremely hard for Richmond. Frio have won six of their last eight matches at home. But with Sean Darcy injured and Jago Amira suspended, I think it's going to even up the player field and help out Richmond. But Liam Henry's back in to cover for losses. I've got Frio for the win tonight. I reckon it will be only maybe five points. Really close game. And I think Richmond are going to really push them and they're going to gain a lot of confidence from beating the Giants and in a real close one. Uh, it's it's really going to benefit the side and they're going to know what works now because they've, they've beat a team um, that uh, with, with Andrew McCalter's game plan, they've beat a team um, and they're going to gonna know what to do uh, to beat sides now. So I think it's going to be an interesting uh, interesting match, and I think Freo will get the job done. The next game will be North taking on the Giants, but North may be 17th on the ladder, so its new coach step away from the game and have only two wins this season, but the Roos have improved dramatically over the last month, losing to Sydney and Essendon by under a goal and covering the line in their last three games. The Giants are in a rebuild, rebuild phase themselves with a young list, but Found a way to beat the Crows, Swans and Cats already this season with stars like Toby Green able to take over late in matches. Last year, North was smashed at home in this matchup, losing to GWS by 49 points. But the last time they met Tasmania, met in Tasmania resulted in a nail-biting draw. The mighty Orange have won four of their last five meetings between these sides and have gone over the total points in three of the last four matches and the Roos have improved their attack going to the total points the last four. I've got the Roos winning this game in a close one. I think they're due for a win. The way they played against Essendon at Marv was just great, and I think that game they deserve the win as well, and the win is really coming for um, North. And against a giant side that just got bet by Richmond last week, I think it's going to be a bit of fuel to the fire for the Roos only losing to Richmond and... Hearing the roar of the Essendon fans, I think that's just going to fuel them up so much. And I think it's going to get them the job over the line. They play some more right footy up at Tasmania. I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. Could also be game of the round for me. I've got North by five points. I think they're going to win a close one this time. They've lost, lost way too many close ones. Should have won against Sydney. Got so unlucky. And the way 
Sydney won that game was just really not good for North, and I think Radden deserves a win as well. So going to be a great matchup between these two young sides, and it's going to be a game of the future. The next game is Carlton taking on Essendon, a big rivalry game. This is Sunday night. It's going to be a really, really good game. Set the MCG. Carlton's season has gone from bad to disastrous, having now lost five on the trot in increasingly dispiriting fashion, having over the past two games with the Blues only managed six goals in each contest, an embarrassing effort and a return for a team featuring the past two Coleman medalists. They sit 14th on the ladder and a loss here would essentially end their season, leaving the Blues three wins out of the top eight. Essendon, meanwhile, are in a beacon of stability and composure by comparison. Despite a monumental scare last week against the Roos, won its last three, starting with its desperate last gasp win against Tigers at the Dreamtime at the G. The Bombers are also ranked sixth in the AFL in points per game, while Carlton is managing a pitiful 74 points and a good for 15th in the league with only rebuilding squads of Hawthorne North and West Coast trailing them. I've got Essendon to win this game, but I wouldn't be surprised if Carlton win. It's a game where Carlton can definitely win, and seeing what North did to Essendon last week, it will definitely fuel them up for this for this game. And I think Carlton, again, are due for a win, but they've lost way too many, and they're not up to the level they should be. They should really be a top-four side with the standard of plays they have and the way they can, can play. Uh, they just not. You can see there's a bit of lack of passion in the team, and a lot of fans are bringing it down to a lack of passion and people aren't rocking up to their games and there's no there's no passion. There's not not much going well for Carlton and I think a win against Essendon will definitely get all their fans up and about and I think we'll start their journey into the top eight again. But it's just going to have to be the hardest way possible for them to get the job done over Essendon. Essendon beat Richmond at the G just in a real nail-biting game. And I think uh, Essendon can know the MCG really well, know how to win at the MCG, and Carlton haven't um, won many at the G this year. And I don't think Carlton will get the job done, but I wouldn't be surprised if they win in another nail-biting game because I think Essendon are the new Collingwood. They're getting to a lot of nail-biting games late on, winning by under a goal. And I think this could be a really good game and one to tune into. The last game... Of the round is Collingwood taking on Melbourne. It's the big freeze game and it's a really special game it's for Neil Danaher. And I think this is always just, just a real, real close game over the past couple of years, having Melbourne won a premiership and Collingwood lifting to new hopes and aspirations. I think it's just going to be a real, real close one. I think it could be a real nail biter, but without Clayton Oliver, I think Melbourne are going to struggle. The last couple of weeks without Clay Oliver, they've struggled a lot, and especially against teams like Carlton that haven't had much going their way at all. At all, uh, I don't think they're going to get the job done over Collingwood. The way Collingwood played against West Coast, overcoming the momentum streak they had in that third quarter, getting the margin down to fifteen odd points, uh, th- I think just Collingwood are just going to win. With our couple injuries, we've got Bo McCurry out, Will Hoskin Elliott out. But I think we're going to have Lipinski come in. McStay could come in as well. It's going to be a real nail-biter. And I think Collingwood will get the job done by 20-odd points. Seeing the way Melbourne played against Frio without Clay Oliver, losing 
And really, against a side like Frio, if Melbourne want to win a premiership at the MCG where they play their best brand of footy, I, I think they should have definitely won that game. And uh, Collingwood are going to know what to do. And I think, again, we're going to see Collingwood win uh, a game against Melbourne. That wraps up my AFL Round 13 reviews and predictions. So thank you for listening to the In The Sand Show. I'll catch you next week. Walsh has got it. Twiggy. Not quite. Gorn hopeful. Now Jamar Hagen kicks it long. It's got a lot of carry. That's something extraordinary. It's a high five from Jamar Glory. Just coming back. And got there. The scenes at the end. can go over the top. Ginnivan's there. Elliot's there as well. It kicked out the back. Now Siren. Arms in the